okay, let me try this, and took it home to my mom and said, they want me to do this. I don't know how to do this. But my mom was truly a trailblazer, and she was truly ahead of her time. She could always think of things. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things Black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. Wouldn't you like to be a guest on Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham? Well, the link is in the show notes. And now, here's your host, Blair Durham. Greetings, 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 greetings. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this 147th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. We recently celebrated three years on air with 88.1 WHOV. We're excited. Today's show features a couple of inspiring entrepreneurs. It is possible to take what you have and get to where you're looking to go. Me now is Mr. Omar L. Harris. He is the founder of Intent Consulting, a servant leadership thought leader and speaker. Omar Harris is an also an award-winning best-selling author of five books, including Be a Jedi Leader. Omar is passionate about leading teams, high-performance coaching, and inspiring future leaders of today and tomorrow to adopt the servant leader mindset and stop toxic leadership behaviors. Omar, welcome. How are you? I'm happy to be here with you. How are you today? I'm happy to have you. This is great. I myself am a leader, so I'm always thrilled to be able to uh, talk about the topic of of leadership. So thank you for for your work in this area. Oh, you're very welcome. Happy to contribute and trying to move the forward, the world forward an inch at a time. You know, that's what we we have to do as leaders. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that this Jedi piece is uh, especially relevant. Omar, could you talk a bit about how you're framing up leadership uh, in these in these times? Yeah, so the book is Be a Jedi Leader, Not a Boss, Leadership in the Era of Corporate Social Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. And really what inspired this work was a combination of U.S. CEOs, 181 U.S. CEOs, members of the business roundtable stating that they were going to change the definition of a corporation away from shareholder capitalism to stakeholder capitalism, stakeholder capitalism being more benefits for more stakeholders like employees, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders, combined with how are they going to do it? And that being leaning into principles of eradicating injustices, eliminating inequities, expanding diversity, and enhancing inclusion. You can't do one without reckoning with the other. And, you know, now is the time for this to happen because uh, there's too much money being left on the table by companies not embracing these causes. I'll give you some, I'll give you four figures right now that relate to the J, the E, the D, and the I. So uh, Citigroup reckons that uh, there, the money, the amount of money lost due to discrimination in America of African Americans is nineteen point five trillion dollars, and the five trillion dollars would come back into the economy just by society reckoning with racial discrimination. So five trillion dollars right there. Uh, the cost, the equity pay gap. If you basically just paid women what we pay men. Uh, generally, or white cisgender men in corporations, that would uh, add five hundred and fifty million dollar billion dollars to, to the GDP of the of the country. Uh, companies that have more diverse teams uh, have a nineteen percent uh, benefit on innovation. In companies that do not have uh, diverse teams, and yeah. finally, 
um, companies that have a foster a sense of uh, companies that do not foster a sense of inclusion lose five hundred fifty billion dollars a year. And so, basically, this is not just the moral imperative to do this work. It's actually just good business. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's what I'm hearing, right? We had a guest on uh, yeah. ago, kind of. Uh, hashing, not necessarily the figures, but definitely the sentiment in terms of, you know, when we really embrace BE and I, everybody wins. Um, yes. Kind of that a rising tide, you know, mentality. And so I can definitely appreciate that. And so when I think about um, those that kind of tune in on a regular basis to our show, these tend to be uh, Black entrepreneurs, right? Yes. Focus on building businesses. Um, Think about some of the challenges that we experience in our very own community um, around just remaining unified, just, um, you know, experiencing and expressing loyalty uh, as a function of the organizations that we're a part of. What do you impart um, when you are providing transformational leadership uh, coaching to, to black entrepreneurs? Well, the black entrepreneurs, I say to embrace servant leadership early and, and often because this is something that we can own. The, the, the archetypal leadership styles that we've grown up watching uh, some of our white male peers practice is not going to work for us. And so yeah. we can't play the game. We can't win the game by the same rules that they play it by. And so servant leadership is a way to uh, uh, support and serve our our organizations, our people, our communities in a way that will build that loyalty and that unity that we need. When when senior leaders in Black-owned organizations truly act as servants to their employees, to their customers, to their communities, to the environment, this is when we really win together. And that's really the, the thing that I stress is style, is leadership style. Are you an authoritarian or are you uh, someone who leads with trust-based influence? Do you... Pa- practice the power of positive psychology. So these are things that tools that are in the toolbox and not a lot of uh, leaders and many less black leaders know are available to them. And so I like to try to teach those tools and pass on that information and wisdom to, to those leaders. Yeah. Thanks, Omar. I was going to ask you if you could give us just kind of a working definition of servant leadership, right? That right. kind of help us juxtapose yes. against some of the other styles that we may have seen. Right, right. So, so hierarchical leadership is basically just the typical boss, overseer, employee, customer model that you're used to. It's a hierarchy, right? So the employees on the bottom, you have overseers, and you have the senior management, and maybe the CEO at the top of the organization. That structure creates toxicity and, and basically uh, is a structure that is designed for ego to get out of control. Servant leadership is a reorientation of the hierarchy that puts the customer or the key stakeholder on top, the employee on top, the uh, the the success enablers in the middle, and then the servant leaders at the bottom. So basically, the leader is holding up the organization versus commanding down the organization. That's the difference between servant leadership and what I call ego-driven uh, uh, toxic leadership. Mm, mm. What would you say then is the the relevance of this model when you think about nonprofit organizations who kind of already have a bit of an inverted structure? You've got yes. uh, the board who is effectively running the organization, the executive right. director who may be leading the organization uh, with, a, with a staff kind of there. How does that how does that play out? Well, I, th- I think nonprofits are already built. Uh, and oriented towards whatever outcome they're trying to achieve for whatever stakeholder they are. Since they're already aligned 
structurally and philosophically and principally with what they're trying to achieve. So I actually think most nonprofits are are already in that vein, but sometimes you have nonprofit leaders who are still a bit too ego driven. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, it can be rough. It can be rough. Well, don't make, don't make the work about you. Make the work about the benefit for the stakeholders. That's the key, the key to success. Absolutely. Absolutely. So author five books, run us through a couple of the other titles there um, that right. you penned. So my first book was actually a novel that took me 12 years to complete. It's called One Blood. It's written under a pseudonym, Quantum Amaro. Uh, it's being made into a TV series as we speak. Oh, wow. Uh, then I have a book that I wrote with my two publishing partners called From Authors to Entrepreneurs, Fate. Uh, and this is really a story about how we created our, first, our own independent publishing venture back in 2009. And then right. I began the leadership journey, the three leadership books that are out now. 2019, I published Leaderboard, the DNA of High-Performance Teams, which is all about high-performance team leadership. If you want to learn how to, the modern approach to building and maintaining and sustaining high-performance for the team, Leaderboard is the book for you. Then I published next year, The Servant Leaders Manifesto, which is really just me putting a stake in the ground and saying, this is what servant leadership is all about. If you ever wanted to know what the style is and why we should be embracing this now, read The Servant Leaders Manifesto. And then after that, I followed up with Be a Jedi Leader, Not a Boss, uh, Leadership in the Era of Corporate Social Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, which is designed to kind of elevate where leadership is going in the next 10 years. Yeah. What's your story, Omar? What's your, where does your expertise with regard to leadership uh, come from? Uh, over 20 years in the pharmaceutical industry, the global pharmaceutical industry working in the U.S., Middle East, Asia, Brazil, and Latin America wow. in general. Um, I have led large organizations in very weird places in the world like Indonesia and uh, mm. Brazil. I have uh, basically been a student of leadership my entire life and career. So go from being a student and reading the books of the of the thought leaders of the time to implementing their their uh, or attempting to implement their guidance and finding that they have gaps and then inventing my own approaches to get the same things done to going from that to being inventor and implementer to them being thought leader, basically writing the new manuals for the new leaders of the, of the current generation and the future generations. Yeah. Yeah. A note here, leaders are the differentiators between bad, good and great teams. Great leaders know how to magnify their collective team talent align and inspire and set ambitious yet achievable targets. Poor leaders do the opposite. Wow. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, yes. A note here from, uh, from, from leaderboard, the DNA of yes. high performance teams. So right. you know, I, I got to kind of ask this question, right? A lot of times um, teams may not realize that they need leadership development until they're right in the crux of what could be a devastating scenario. Um, one thing we talk about with the team that I lead is this issue of kind of um, culture and compliance, right? So yes, we want to do everything that we need to do to make sure that we are operating, you know, with excellence, right. you know, within the realm, what is legal, what is appropriate, et cetera. And then at the same time, we want to honor uh, we want to honor our relationships, right? Um, how do you, you know, how do you show up when there's a problem? Not just this, you know, annual leadership training. How do you show up, Omar, as a coaching consultant when the funk is about to hit the perpetual fan or, or maybe it already has? 
when they call me, it's already too late, usually. Okay. All right. All right. Say no more. So, so, so call me earlier is what I would say. But basically, you know, there, there, there's a way to anticipate uh, when, what, how things are going to go. I mean, and there's a lot of things that are, that are not within your control as a business leader. But there are some principles that you can adopt that can allow you to thrive despite uncertainty of, of what we do when we live in a, what we call a VUCA world, which is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, right? So we live in this increasingly VUCA world. And so how do you navigate a VUCA world as a, as a, as a leader? So this volatile, uh, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. So VUCA. So that really, uh, for me, what I do is, is, you know, really, when you're going, you're gonna you're gonna deal with that regardless. So you have to uh, have certain principles in place that you that you are steadfast towards. Basically, you never lose sight of your purpose. You never lose sight of your goals. And I always say that a ship's captain is he gains his stripes or her stripes are gained in the storm, not during calm seas. So it's in the storm that you become you rise to the occasion. You become a leader. This is when. You need to have clarity, you know, basically bring out, you know, the first thing is to, you know, uh, lower the noise, the volume and, 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 and identify what is our core objective through this crisis. I'll give you an example. When I was still working in corporate uh, just a little over a year ago uh, in Brazil for a global pharmaceutical company. And when COVID hit, you know, I had to establish several clear principles for my team. And my one number one principle was we will not lose a single customer as a result of COVID. Oof. That is, that is my bar for this team. That is success. Yeah. So, so we, we need to measure everything, every decision we're making against whether it's going to cause us to lose customers or to maintain our customers. That's our North star. That's the only thing we need to focus on. Everything else we can work out. But let's have a North Star. And I think that I tell leaders to have your North Star. Be very clear on what that one, how you want to come out the other side of this thing. Where do you want to be? Is it going to be around? And, and a lot of times by, by stating a customer impact, it makes me focus on maintaining my employees because, you know, if I start cutting employees, I'm going to lose customers. If I start messing with my pricing policies, I'm going to lose customers. If I, okay. if I don't, if I don't, don't extend credit to my customers, I'm going to lose customers. If I don't, yeah. if I don't have flexibility, if I don't empathize with them. So it, it creates a, a cascade of decisions and allows you to have that kind of thing you're going to hold on to. Uh, despite all the ambiguity and complexity flowing around you in that crisis. So you got to have a North star and then you have to do basically just your, they call it 20 mile marching every day. So basically what are we going to do every day as we get to this crisis? Because remember the thing is in a crisis, it's sort of like driving up a mountain, a curvy mountain like this raining with fog, with one headlight, you got to go slow, slow yourself down. Basically, don't don't pretend you're on a, in a Ferrari on a straightaway in the middle of the desert on a bright and sunny day. You can't go that fast. You got to slow it all down mm-hmm. so you can see everything and perceive your environment. Um, and that's the key to really being successful in the middle of a crisis is having a North Star and slowing everything down so everybody can see what's happening. And you make decisions based on what you can see and what's real and not on misperceptions and, uh, and assumptions and, you know, gossip or whatever else is out there. That's good, sir. VUCA. We live in a VUCA world. We live in a VUCA world. (laughs) Volatile, Volatile. uncertain, Ah. volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous. Is that, is that yours? 
If no, I no, 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 no. That, that, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a that's commonly a known, yeah. All right. Just like, just like Jedi is not mine. Jedi I mean, was created by a guy named Marcelo Bonta in the environmental environmental DEI space. So, yeah, you know, no, no, no. these terms are out there. These terms it's are all out there. We know that the world is is violent. violent, violent <laughs> but just to hear it put together in that fashion, yeah. I, I really yeah. love, love what you said about crisis as well. I love what you said about crisis. Let me ask you one more question, if I might, seeing that we still have plenty of time. Um, We are, we're in the middle of a crisis and um, we now understand kind of what has caused this crisis. And we're going to need to, we're going to need to engage with an individual. You know, we're going to have to have a tough conversation. Right. Outside of the sandwich model, you know, we're going to layer something <laughs> between two two compliments. Right. How do you go into this moment where you want to preserve the dignity of that individual, but you got to let them know what you're doing, what you're doing could create a cancer for what we're what we're looking to build? Uh, I, I'm kind of, you know, um, not brutal when it comes to these kind of decisions, but I'm very pragmatic when it comes to these decisions, you know? So it's got, and and my calculus is about skill or will. So skill or will. So if it's, if if someone is failing due to lack of skill, lack of capability, a lack of experience, then I am far more willing to support and serve that individual and help them get up to code. Right. Um, But I have low tolerance for will issues. So if you are someone who just is refusing to bring your best to work or, or you are a, a, just being a toxic player or you're unhappy in your general life and you're bringing that happiness to the workforce or you're a, a gossip mongerer or you're a manipulative person or you're someone like that that has these characteristics and I find out about it as a senior leader, uh, it's not going to be a sandwich conversation. Mm. It's going it's to be a, it's going to be a, uh, you know, uh, my way or the highway conversation. That's yeah. going to be the conversation, which is, this is your last chance. Like Morpheus in the matrix, you know, you know, you take the blue pill, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you wake up, you know, you take the red pill, you know, so you're going to either join us, get on the boat with us. And it's your last chance. And you're going to be on a very short leash or, uh, I would, I would love to help you find an environment where you're going to be happy, but it's not going to be here. Uh, I love it. <laughs> We've got four minutes, three and a half minutes or so remaining. Omar, point us to all the places where we can connect with you yes. online, on social media. Talk to us yes. about how we can engage. Well, on my website, www.omarlharris.com. If you're looking to hire me for consulting services, intentconsultants.co. Uh, if you want to hire me for motivational speaker, speaking, jedileader.com. Um, and I've also launched a service called equitypulse.io, which is really a service for, uh, employees to be able to rate their employers related to progress on diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice initiatives anonymously. And so, uh, that's something that I'm really, it's like the glass door of ratings for employers around Jedi issues. Um, but you can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, Omar L. Harris, uh, Twitter, strengths leader, Instagram, Omar L. Harris. Yeah, I'm on that JediLeader.com website. Uh, I like to talk the end of the boss. Seven yes. rules for modern leaders. Wow. Yes. 
why the boss archetype is leading to a global employee engagement crisis. Why influence? And, you know, it's interesting that first one because you've got that and then you've also got, what are they calling it? The great resignation happening. And so we really got to be keyed in, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I tell people all this. I've I've, I've been talking about this. If you want to be a boss for yourself, like if that term empowers you as an individual, be the best boss you can be. But the moment you're leading somebody else, stop being a boss and be a servant and be a supporter. Be a developer of people. Be a grower of talent and potential. Don't be a boss. Don't make it about you. It's not about you. Yeah. Um, It's about whatever outcome we're trying to have for remember for the community for our customers for our right. world yeah you know that's what it's about why influence is far more powerful than authority and getting things done yeah that's it yeah positive or negative right <laughs> exactly. <laughs> how building, exactly how building trust enhances influence love it and then what servant leaders accomplish wow uh, this is this is a great talk. Again, JediLeader.com if you're interested in having Omar Harris come in and, and train your group or sit with your team. Uh, what an inspiring and impactful conversation, Omar. No, it's been wonderful. Thank you very much, Blair. No, I appreciate you. Again, just let me reiterate here. So it's JediLeader.com and then uh, Intent. Uh, IntentConsultants.co. Okay, awesome. And then OmarLHarris.com, yeah. Omar Omar L. Harris. L. Harris.com. You gave us one more, though. The, and equitypulse.io. Equitypulse.io. Yeah. All things Omar. And then are you doing anything in the social media space where we can connect with you there? Yes, yes. So it's so Instagram, Omar L. Harris, Twitter, Strengths Leader, um, Facebook, Omar L. Harris, LinkedIn, Omar L. Harris. Uh, so you'll find me on all my on all my socials um, and let's engage let's connect uh, you know my goal in life is to serve and support so basically you know I'm someone who especially for black entrepreneurs let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk you know um, and and I want to serve and support you in whatever capacity I can there are definitely consultations I can do that are free and but you know one of the things that we talk about we have to we have to support each other and that means treating ourselves professionally and paying for our services I mean that's one of the things uh, the five you know the hookup hookup policy is killing us as a, yeah. as a people I agree. It's killing us. It's killing us. You know, so we, we need to get past the hookups and get on to real it's business. A, it's a multi-layered issue. You know, we're yeah. you know, with poverty and lack of. So of course, of course. Yeah. But it's a, yeah. it's a it's a it's a mindset. It's a mindset. It no, I agree because we can become fully funded to do our work and we can get yeah. stacked up to be able to provide better customer service exactly. and then or not need to. You know, give a discount. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Omar, we're out of time. Again, just grateful to you for your work and, and for this conversation. I look forward to having you back on the show in the future. Thank you very much. Look forward to it as well. You're welcome, Omar L. Harris. OmarLHarris.com. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, this is Seiko. DJ Seiko Varner, the producer of this podcast. So when I'm not producing podcasts, I'm actually DJing wedding receptions, corporate events, proms, other formals, and I would love to take care of your special event. So our company is Positive Vibes Incorporated, www.positivevibes.net. That's www.positivevibes.net. 
www.net We've been performing for over 25 years and we would love to bring our expertise and our fun to your special event. Positive Vibes Incorporated www.positivevibes.net Peace and prosperity. Welcome back. Joining me now is Jacqueline Staples. She is the founder and owner of Gifts from the Heart, which began as a small gift basket company uh, serving real estate entities uh, that Jacqueline actually worked for. And she's now expanded to servicing local corporations, city conference centers, naval bases, as well as churches. Jacqueline, welcome to the show. How are you? Well, thank you. I'm well. I'm well. How are you? Doing well and just grateful to grateful to have you here today. So well, thank it's you. a beautiful thing when something that you love to do can become something that you get paid to do, right? Yes. Yes. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> That's it really is. And I just want to say, you know, with what it is that that you provide, um, just that that extra touch to make occasions really special. Um, that, that makes me excited. I'm definitely an events person. I love kind of celebration. So how did you get into this work? Well, I started, as I said, in my, um, work for a real estate company and I, my mom and I started doing baskets for one or two agents. They just asked me, could I make them a basket? Actually, my manager asked me, could I make a basket for a uh, company meeting? And they want to give a little gift away. And I made it and another agent saw it and said, oh, can you make me a basket for a new homes? I'm selling a house and I want to give them a little something. And it grew from there. And I also did baskets for uh, when they were building homes for Homerama. I did baskets to sit in the new houses as well. So what 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 comprises a basket? Um, Talk to us just, you know, if. If, if I'm going to open up one of these gift baskets, what's what's going to be inside? Are these handmade items? Do you, I mean, yes, a lot. Of, yeah. Some of them are handmade. Most of them are products that I buy from somewhere else and okay. you just put them together. My the unique thing about my baskets, Blair, are that they are unique. They are you will not find them in Walmart or <laughs> BJ's or Sam's or somewhere like that. All of my baskets are definitely one of a kind. Um, items that are geared to the person or to the company. For instance, if someone says they um, are getting something for their mother or, or a family member or, or anyone, I always ask questions about that person because I want the basket to be unique to them right down to the colors, their favorite colors. I put things in there that are their favorite colors. If they um, are into some type of um, gardening or if they collect something, hearts, I'll have something in there that speaks to that. And they will know when they see that basket and open it, that it was made for them, that it was not just bought off of a shelf with a hundred other baskets that look the exact same. So these are personalized items. Yes, yes. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we like to do. That's what my mom and I like to do. Awesome. And so on the corporate side, because I've got some questions about working with your mom, right? I want to talk about that. But on the corporate side of things, um, 
how are you able to kind of make an impact there? So you think about corporate gifts. Um, what 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 do these tend to consist of? Someone interested in doing something on the corporate level? Well, when I did corporate things for um, for Canon and for Chesapeake Conference Center, they had me to make gifts for their vendors or for uh, their Christmas gifts that they were giving out to their vendors. And so with that, I could make a multitude of things, but they were all may have been in different colors or whatever the holiday was, maybe like Christmas or Fourth of July. I would make items that that all of their guests would be tickled to have. And um, they were selected items that I particularly did from them. And when I did Canon, every year Canon over in on the peninsula side would contact me. They have a huge um, uh it's like a cookout or whatever that they have for their employees to appreciation day sort of kind of thing. And they always wanted something that everybody could pick from. So I would make a huge basket wagon cooler or whatever it was that I made. And I would put things in it that they all could pick from. I love that idea. Well, thank you. Cool. That's thank you. That's really, really cool. Okay. So you mentioned that um, gift from the heart. Is it? Are you currently operating it with your mother, or how? Where did it come in in terms of you and your mother working together? Well, no, she's here with me in spirit. Yeah, she oh. passed. Yeah, she passed some years ago, and uh, she was the catalyst behind me even thinking. I had no idea because my background was retail. I always worked in stores with clothing. I did fashion shows. I was fashion coordinator and things like that. I had no idea that I would even be able to think of a way to do a basket. And when I was asked at the, re- at the real estate company, it was really kind of, okay, let me try this. And took it home to my mom and said, they want me to do this. I don't know how to do this. But my mom was truly a trailblazer and she was truly ahead of her time. She could always think of things. And so we did it together. And then it, again, it snowballed from there. And so she was my right hand, you know, and if I was happy. Now you were able to work in your business full time? When I was at uh, the real estate company? No, no. I mean, with gifts from the heart, is this, this is all you do? Yes, this is exactly all that I have time Oh my goodness. (laughs) That in and of itself is incredible. Um, Thank you. Because, you know, a lot of folks will do things on the side and they might just remain on the side. But oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's first thing in the morning to the last thing at night. You know what I'm saying? I have, I've even had orders where I have been up to three o'clock in the morning trying to get them finished and getting them finished because finished. it's my passion. Yes. I don't worry about time. Yeah. That's you. If you've just tuned in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, talking with Jacqueline Staples, who is the founder and owner of Gifts from the Heart. We're talking about how she has built a business that now is sustenance for her. It started off as a um, something she just thought maybe she could try and do, and then she realized she was um, incredibly good at it. Congrats to you. So let me ask you, Jacqueline, what is your next level in this company? I'm always thinking about when I'm Talking with Black business owners, I'm wondering, number one, if they want to scale, right? Do they want to get to the point where they have staff? Or is it always just, is it going to be just 
this is the thing that that I do. You know, what, how do, where do you see this growing to? Is that an aspiration of yours? It's definitely an aspiration for me, Blair. I, I uh, wow. want to increase my clientele, you know, mm-hmm. and grow, grow mm-hmm. that. And then I would love to move into a brick and mortar. That's okay. my ultimate goal. And um, with the assistance from the uh, Norfolk Economic Development, some of those challenges are being met. Wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah, because I know that there are folks that would love to come alongside you that also share this passion for um, wanting to serve others and wanting to put that smile on folks' faces, even interns, you know, college students, high school students, middle school students who see some value in working alongside you. So I'm glad to hear that that's an aspiration of yours. Yes, and, and I am looking for that because I'm going to need some help. You know, eventually yeah. I'm going to need some help. As a matter of fact, I've just been um, uh, scheduled to be at the art downtown Norfolk and I will be teaching. Right. Thank you. I'm, I'm really tickled about that. I will be teaching classes there on how to make gift baskets. They're particularly uh, this year, they're particularly picking me to do uh, Christmas baskets. So I will be down there in November. And right now they're ne- negotiating December as well. And I'll be teaching classes on how to make Christmas baskets. So I'm really thrilled about that. Oh, wow. So yeah, you're coming up on probably an incredibly busy season, both from the perspective of teaching. And then I'm certain your orders are going to be ramping up through the end of the year as well. Yes. Yes. And I've also just been um, sent a letter that's saying that they want me down at um, Bodacious Bazaar in Hampton. So I will be down there for three days in November. So that's a that's a big deal to me because for the past six, well, pre-COVID, for the past six, seven years, I'd wanted to be able to be down there. And uh, and now I will be, thanks to um, your hard North, work. Yes, thanks <laughs> to North Economic Development. <laughs> it's a lot of work, but you know what? I embrace that. I have no problem in working hard and I will be needing someone in the future to help me that I can train, teach them how to make certain things and and how to be meticulous about things and the easiest way to make items. And so, sure, I'll be definitely looking for someone. Yeah, that whole concept of hard work, I think there's a misconception that when you operate a business, whether it's you or you and a hundred other staff, there's a misconception that you don't have to do as much. You know, you you, you own your own business. You sleep in. You um, oh, get no. paid. You're, you're always on vacation and all of oh, these no. things. <laughs> but I can certainly attest to the fact that, you know, doing my own thing has been the hardest work that I've ever done. The longest work that I've ever yes, done. It <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. And, it, and even though I loved it, and still continue to love it. It is still, I feel like it will always be lots of work. It is. But you know, just like you, if it's your passion, it's not work. Yeah. If it's your passion, exactly. And you get an enjoyment out of it. You, you, you receive just a wonderful feeling. I mean, I honestly get goosebumps when someone is receiving something of mine. And I always ask for feedback. Well, sometimes I am delivering. I had a lady from Raleigh yeah. to, to place an order with me for two baskets, sympathy baskets. 
and I delivered them to the persons that lived here. One was in Virginia Beach, one was in Norfolk. And I stood there and I was almost tearing up because the ladies were so uh, appreciative and thought that it was so beautiful. And oh my gosh, and the young lady told me something about the two ladies and I made the baskets accordingly and delivered them. Let me ask you this question, Jackie, because this is a question that's coming up in my head. Do you ship the basket? No, I do not. Okay. Not at this time. Okay. I say that. Not, not at this time. time. No, that's a great answer. At this yeah, time. Yeah, not at this time. So because, you're, um, you're doing the piece in the 757 area. Yes, in Peninsula side as well. Okay. Perfect. I love it. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, we've got about a minute remaining. Please All right. share how we can contact you. How can we connect with you, engage with you? For those that are interested, I know people are thinking, oh my gosh, I need to get a basket for my mother. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I need to get a basket for my best friend. Oh, listen. Yeah. <laughs> for my, well, my website. Uh, my website address is jvs-gfth.square.site.slash. And if they want to reach me on Facebook, they can reach me at uh, www.facebook.com slash JVS gifts with the S from the heart. Um, right now I'm in the process of setting up uh, LinkedIn and my Instagram. You are off to an awesome start. Congratulations to you. Thank you. I'm Thank excited you so about much. where you are now and where you're going. So um, when we got online, I definitely love to give you a resource to where you can get some um, some interns that would be free to you, but paid by another organization. So I'll share that. Oh, my you. word. That would be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Be awesome. Definitely. Okay. Well, we will connect again. Jacqueline, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Jacqueline with Gifts from the Heart. Jacqueline Staples with Gifts from the Heart. She's just articulated how you can contact her. Um, we're excited, excited about thank what you, you so much. And thank you for having me. A huge thank you to today's guest. It was a pleasure hearing from Omar Harris, the founder of Intent Consulting, uh, as well as Jacqueline Staples with Gifts from the Heart. Uh, we're grateful to our sponsors, Milestone Mental Health Agency, Apex Financial Group of Virginia, as well as the COO team for their generous sponsorship of Black Brand, uh, as well as Black Wall Street today. Um, And we're grateful to you. Thank you for tuning in to Black Wall Street today, where we're building minds, building connections, and forging the path ahead toward business success in the Black community. We'll look forward to talking next week. This show was brought to you by the consulting services of Positive Vibes Incorporated. We do credit fixes, we do debt restructuring, and we put money in the pockets of real estate investors. So give us a call. We can fix your credit. We can restructure your debt. And if you're a real estate investor, I would love to put thousands of dollars into your pockets. 757-932-0177. That's 757-932-0177. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the Black community is the Black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo! 
When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black Wall Street. When I say black, you say Wall Street.